when you smoke six. What's up? Good morning, everybody. Another episode of Just a Bit Outside. Woo. Your host, The Source. Quiggs is with me. Johnny Buckets is with me. Boys, how's it going this morning? Uh, I'm uh, dragging a little bit here. <laughs> I am dragging. Goofy's 31st birthday last night. Well, yeah, so I wanted to uh, start that out in the first part of the show. Happy belated birthday there, Quiggs. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Just turned a big old 31. Yeah, woo, yay. Yeah, yeah. You don't look Everybody... a day over 30, Tim, I promise. Oh, God, I hope not. I still have plenty of cake to eat, both ice cream and regular, so all that weight I took off might be going back on because of the delicious, delicious yeah. cake. Uh, it happens. It happens to the best of us. I God. see uh, one of us didn't get the memo that this is a baseball show and decided where you're hit just his Eagles garb today. Uh-oh, somebody um, froze after um... a second. <laughs> Super Bowl champions. That is one so thing in Philadelphia we love to do is to uh, write yes. about our teams from years ago. <laughs> yeah. I can at least see this, you know. It can get converted to Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a well, man on a mission right there to drink that gallon of water. Oh, dude, this is from like all week at work, so I don't even want to hear it. Um, well, we got a big day of baseball ahead of us gentlemen we'll start that off we'll start off with that this week we got the sunday slate three doubleheader games this week we got mets at phillies royals at orioles and the rangers at the yankees from all the rain that we've had up here on the uh northeastern part of the country means the phillies have two chances to lose today uh and we'll get into that a little bit later i believe yeah yeah, that yeah. that absolutely. We unfortunately have to. <laughs> <laughs> that unfortunate historical comeback that happened against them the other night that we uh, are all dreading to talk about. Um, but yeah, some some good good games this week. We got I wouldn't have I don't know if this is gonna be a good game, but we got the Pirates at the Reds, worst team in baseball versus a surprise pick in the running right middle of the pack. With the Pirates and the Reds. Hey, man, it's always those four-win teams that can just come out of nowhere and, you know, do amazing things and then immediately lose their second game. Yeah. Yeah, well. Yeah. What was that? Then they spanked the Pirates like 9-2 to two or something one game, and then they turned around and lost like – I can't even remember. Or maybe they lost 9-2, to two, but they won like 2-1 to one yeah, and then lost 9-2 to two or something like that. I can't remember. Reds won the first game. I think it was like nine two, and then the second game, the Pirates won eight five. I want to say it's something. Yeah. Well, something either, like that. Either way, the Reds are absolute garbage. Um, I believe Dan and Tommy Boy both said that the Reds are going to be absolute garbage this year. So kudos to them for calling that. They're on pace. What do you say, Tim, to win like twenty two games for the year? Um, I think I saw something there. If they keep the record the way it's going, I think it's twenty two and one forty. <laughs> what is so out of the three of us does any of us know what the absolute worst record is in baseball like in yeah, history I, ask that. I don't know like in history ever yeah yeah in history ever 
Well, I know the Phillies in the 70s only won like 50-some games, and that's when Steve Carlton won his Cy Young because he won like 30 of them. Okay, so um, in, in Major League, the in worst eight, record ever. In 1899, the Cleveland Spiders went 20 and 134. Yep. That's before the modern era. That you okay, just, so modern era. 1900 so, and beyond. Okay, modern era, the worst record was the Philadelphia Athletics. They went 36 and 117. What year was that? The Reds are 1916. Battle for that. That's weird that the that's weird that the Philly A's did that. They usually I, I like, were the I premier like how team I in Philadelphia. Night, I, I like how uh, I quoted eighteen ninety nine, and Tim goes, "No, modern era, nineteen hundred and after." So it's exactly <laughs> one year off yeah. of Tim. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, that's that's when the official records start. That's that's the modern era of baseball. considered nineteen hundred plus. And if we want to go with the from two thousand on, the Detroit Tigers have the worst record from the two thousands on. With a forty-three and one nineteen record, so Detroit. that's 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 the, the bad. Reds should shatter that this year. <laughs> yeah. They're on uh, pace. Well, the Phillies are on this list a lot. Um, yeah, boys. <laughs> what was that? What, what was that year? Was it seventy? I want to say seventy-six or seventy-eight. Well, that's not on here at all. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we got like 1942, we got 1941, 1928, 1939, 1945, and 1938. <laughs> so, yeah, we were bad. Still bad. We'll get into that topic of how bad they actually are with the, again, historical comeback, and that's on the list of things to do. Current look at the uh, MLB standings here. Okay. Uh, just to correct myself here, because it was bugging me, it was the 1972 Philadelphia Phillies went 59 and 59 and 97. And Steve Carlton, uh, how many games did he win that year? That's hitting. Where's my pitching line? He won 27 of them. Now, see, there you go. So, you want to talk about win day? There it was. Well, speaking about records, here's our MLB standings right now. Some surprises on that list that I'm actually kind of shocked on. Uh, Marlins, 13 and 14 in the NL East. Uh, but, I mean, just kind of look at the whole NL East in general outside of the Mets. Yeah, we, I mean, everybody's losing except the Mets. Mets are tied for the best record in baseball right now. So, uh, if you look at the... What was it? No, National League West, everybody's 500 or better, which is pretty impressive. You don't see that too often in baseball. The Red Sox sitting at 10 and 18 below the Orioles. We were all sold on the Orioles being a absolute dumpster fire of a team. And here they are ahead of the Red Sox. So that's kind of a big plenty surprise of, for me. Plenty of, plenty of season left. And besides, Baltimore made the, the dumbest thing you could have ever it, – it's one of the dumbest things, and I'm going to go on record for saying this when they took out those left field seats to make the Baltimore wall or whatever they want to call it. Stupid wall ruined a good ballpark. Yeah. Um, Guardians a little bit surprising. Yeah. The Guardians be worse than they are. Yeah. Let's see what else we got. Even the athletics. I mean, the athletics, we didn't spend a dime in the off season sitting there 10, with a 10 win season so far. Better than the Reds, better than the Cubs. I mean, did, look at did, the Cubs right now, nine and seventeen. Did we think the Nationals were going to be like? I think we also. Nas- well, I think we also the Nationals were going to be at the bottom of the division, anyways. 
Yeah, but I didn't think they'd be that bad. I mean, they're not Reds bad, but... I I thought for sure the Braves would be a little bit better, too. I mean, we talked about that a little bit at the beginning of the of one of our first shows. I said, you know, we said the Braves would probably be a contender again and because of Matt Olson, even though they lost Freddie Freeman. Acuna came back, hit a home run last night, it used a LeBron dance to... And LeBron uh, shouted him out, which was kind of cool. Um, he fell over after he hit the home run, which was great. Yeah, I mean, Did it you just... guys watch that clip where Okuna took three straight balls for three called strikes and struck out a couple games yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. It was it was like really horrible, bad. horrible. Angel Hernandez bad. <laughs> yeah, there we well, go. There was, He's there still was... wearing his red stuff in public. See, that's a true Reds that's fan a, right there. That's a, that that's that's dedication. <laughs> yeah, that is dedication. Uh, but I mean, we're we're pretty much we're a month into the season. I don't, and not to cut you off, John, because I'm going to go to you for, first on this. You talk about the Guardians. Is there anything else that you see on the standings that you know, sticks out to you? I mean, obviously we know the Reds are bad. You said about the Guardians. Um, a month into the season, and here we are. We're sitting here with. I think right now it's they're showing who the best teams are. Early on in the year, is this going to sustain for the year, or what's your what's your thoughts on this? going to be a lot of flux obviously it's super early um teams are still getting their legs underneath them uh the pirates are better than i thought right i mean the, they're always bottom feeders usually but they're uh putting together not wouldn't say a good season but you know probably a little bit ahead of what we expected um yeah that nl west man i mean we knew the dodgers would be really good but i mean every team over 500 that's pretty pretty impressive you know yeah. um, i don't know if i would have pegged that the rest of the teams there are, you know they're not bad but they're playing better than i thought same to you there, Tim. I mean, what what sticks out to you here a little bit? And do you think uh, right now? I to me, I think the National League West is going to be the, the division to beat this year. I think that's oh, yeah. that's, that's... going to be the the potential World Series champ right there. Um, but you got the Padres that are right there with the Dodgers. So what what's your thoughts so I mean, far? I think my biggest surprise this year might be the Rockies. Just you, nobody really. Ex- I mean, I don't think we really expected them to do anything. Um, I don't think the Mets are going to keep it up. There's no way they're going to, you know, at every 30 games, going to be 20 and 10. Um, I don't think that streak keeps up. Let's see what else we got here. Maybe the American League East would be a little bit competitive. Um, I thought the Blue Jays would be leading that at this point. I think they, I thought they would have more of a Mets type record, but, you know, still early. I mean, we just got into May. Plenty of games left. Plenty of games left, but, first month can really make or break your season so yeah 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 it can but you know i mean here we are as phillies fans here here we are as phillies fans you know we're sitting 11 and 15 with the money we spent on uh offense and we have been complaining because we don't know if girardi is going to make it to the all-star or past the all-star break because of how bad they've been through the first month of baseball so the first month, as as, as long and I know that there's a lot of games left, I, I, there's no disagreeing that. However, the first month can make or break your season. You can really put yourself in a hole, and then you have to dig yourself out of it, like the Phillies have been. Four games below 500. We all thought they were going to be above 500 with that offense. The offense is so inconsistent. Girardi might not make. Well, I mean, we could sit here and we could debate that. You know. We don't have to do it now. We can talk about it here after we see what happens over the next week. Um, 
if Jardy looks like he's going to be able to stick around much longer. Um, I think he'll stick around. I mean, he's still, I think this is the last year of his contract anyway. So he's definitely got to step it up, but you can't put every single bit of the blame on him. Um, no, but there are a few decisions you can look back in hindsight and go, okay, maybe that was a little awkward, but you can't put the wheeler. entire blame. Seven, nine pitches. Yeah, yeah, the wheeler, the wheeler thing, and the whole argument there of you know didn't get much work in spring and coming off a season where he threw a career high innings. Like we're we're what three four starts into the year for him, and we're still worried about that. But again, my my point of this is though, in that first month, you can really make or break your season from here on out. I mean, I hate to bring up the Reds, but four and 23 to start the year is not where you want to be. And that's, that's a huge hole to dig yourself out of. And I, they probably can't dig themselves out of that hole. So but the Reds, the Reds knew exactly what they were doing. They, they knew they were going to be competitive. Not, yeah, but not, not, not no, four everybody, everybody's job is safe in Cincinnati. Yeah. But not four wins though. I don't think they went into this thing and they, they were that they had four wins. I, what was it? I don't think they cared. Um, the game, what game was that? They had three straight pop-ups where they missed two foul. One was off the net. One, I forget what happened. The second one, I forget what happened to that one. And then the third one, it dropped in between the pitcher and like three players. And you could see the look of disgust on the pitcher's face when nobody caught the ball. He was just like, really? Oh, yeah, I mean, being so, on a team, being on a team with only four wins isn't fun, but. But none of us. I don't. The I, organization. I don't think itself, any of us thought. The, I don't think any of us thought the Reds were going to just be a four-win team through the first month. So. I don't. I mean, I don't think anybody ever thinks they're going to be the worst team in the league. But you know, it's if the Reds were winning right now, the front office would be like, "Oh, hey, look at this string of luck." Right now, I don't think they really care. They they know they're in full rebuild mode, and they're just getting the prospects up to the show and letting them learn at the show level. So in the end, I think in the long run, actually will probably benefit them, but right now, wins and losses don't care for them. Next year, now next year, if they start out like four wins or ten wins, then you probably have a little bit of an issue, but this year, it's, it's a total rebuild year, so my opinion, their record is irrelevant. I mean, I think the record is irrelevant. For, like I said, first month of the season can really change a, how your outlook is for the year, so... We'll agree to disagree on that topic. Yeah, that's, um. that's what we do here. <laughs> next, <laughs> next big topic. Uh, this is actually kind of cool. Miguel Cabrera joining the Elite 3000 Hit Club, boys. That's pretty impressive. Probably one of the best hitters in our lifetime, him and Albert Pujols. Yeah, we were talking about it last night. Like, think of any other. Or how lucky are we to be in this era where you've got guys like Pujols, you've or how many Hall of Famers that we've seen in our lifetimes just go into games or anything like that? Like Miguel Cabrera, I mean, Mike, you can potentially throw Mike Trout into this list early in his career. Um, who knows? Maybe ten years from now, we're saying the same thing about Otani, um, or Judge, or Stanton, or Altuve. As much as he likes to know when a curveball's coming. As he says, we're in an Astros shirt. <laughs> hey, I'd show the back, but it's probably sweaty. It's Nolan Ryan. So I'm going to pull up. We're going to pull up the old school here. Nolan Ryan one, John. This one's okay. Oh, wrong one. Let me. Uh, so here's a 3,000 hit club at the top of the list. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame, um, yeah, but it is what it is. <laughs> we'll disagree uh, we got... on that one, too. Pete Rose is a pathetic human being. 
Ty Cobb, Hank Aaron, Sam Musial, Tris Speaker, Derek Jeter. There's another guy from our modern era that yeah, all Jeter. of us got to see, Jeter, Honus Wagner, Carl Yastrzemski, yes. Paul Molitor. Yastrzemski. <laughs> yeah. Yastrzemski. Yastrzemski. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, just call him Yaz. Whatever. Paul Molitor and Eddie Collins are your top 10. Pujols got his way up to 11th, which is pretty impressive yeah. in itself. This is his last year of baseball. So I mean, so he's getting into the – I mean, he's going to be top 10, I mean, no matter what. Yeah. He only needs five more hits to tie Eddie Collins. So Yeah, I, I, he's not getting top five, but no, he's definitely um, going to be top 10 for sure. We got, we got to see Ichiro, who's on that list, play yeah. for Seattle. So – I mean, Craig Biggio, Biggio a little bit. Yeah. Ichiro was one of my um, one of my favorite players, just because the the rumor for Ichiro that went around was he comes into the league and he doesn't speak a lick of English, and I don't think he ever bothered to learn. Or he probably speaks some English, but he just never wanted to do press conferences in it. But he learned Spanish to talk trash to all the Spanish players while he was stealing bases. So he learned a new language to talk trash. As I spit all over myself. Now I didn't um, add it. I didn't add it to the list here, but just looking at the three thousand hit club, the three thousand hit for a lot of these guys were singles and doubles. Ugh, my dog's being nuts. Jeter hit a home run. Paul Molitor was the first to hit a triple. A Rod hit a home run. Ichiro hit a triple, and Wade Boggs hit a home run. So there's only three home runs and two triples. Everything else was singles or doubles for the three thousandth hit. Pretty impressive to note for that. Um, I mean, you're getting to three thousand. I don't care. I don't think they care what their three thousandth hit was. No, but the they got three. Well, I mean, what what does matter? Not to be a, a spoil the party a little bit, but I mean, you looking at the list there, you're seeing 21, 28. You know, uh, huge steroid guys. Huge. Yeah. Well, Rafael Palmeira no, before I mean, uh, before Barry, wait Barry Bonds didn't get three thousand hits. No, Barry Bonds did not get three thousand hits. Oh, that would have been one of my guesses as a dark horse. How many how many hits did he finish with then? Like two thousand some. I forget yeah. how many it was. But um, I mean, Paul Marrow. Ultra steroid guy. No, not that I know of. I didn't think so. Um, yeah, but Paul Marrow's. Yeah, that, that's, that's a that's a that's a, that makes a big difference there. I mean, there's there's two guys on the list there. I mean, that there there should be asterisks. I do, I believe that honestly. But I mean, because I'm trying to think here too. Um, out of this list, I know Paul Marrow is one of the few, one of the guys. If you're going for three thousand hits, five hundred home runs, um, Paul Marrow was one of the first guys to do that, and he was off the Hall of Fame ballot in his first year because the whole "I did not do steroids" period trial. We all remember the finger pointing. Yeah. And I was yeah. assertive that I did not have sexual. No, it wasn't that one. Um, I did not do steroids. Period. Three weeks later, he gets busted, and that's the end of his career. So, really, the first guy to get absolutely blackballed by baseball outside of Pete Rose, but in well, our lifetime. Well, the first one to get blackballed by the uh, baseball was the Black Sox. So, well, that's why I said in our lifetime. Plus, on this list, too. Um, looking at the active leaders for. Potential 3,000 hits. The next closest one is Robinson Cano at 2,632, and he was just sent to the minor leagues. We got no, I think, is he at the minors, or did he just 
except his release. He got I think, DF. I think he got cut. He got, yeah. He didn't get DFA'd. I think they just cut him. And they um, still own like forty million. Let me take a yeah. look here. Once hold on. But um uh, in our while well, you looked that up here in the comments, uh Sean, yeah, if Griffey doesn't get hurt all those years, he's probably up at somewhere in this list too. Oh, absolutely. Um that that's that's always gonna he be was designated he was designated for assignment. Robinson Cano was. So. Did he accept the assignment or the release? I'm not sure. Because if he's DFA'd, he can either accept the reassignment to the minor leagues or he gets cut. And I believe he just walked. Uh, But Griffey's always going to be one of the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest what if. Yeah, not sure what Robinson Cano did, but going down through the list, Yadier Molina, 2,126. No chance. Joey Votto at a little over 2,000. Nelson Cruz, no chance. I think um, um, you're going to have to go down the list a little bit, but you're going to have to find like Harper and Altuve. Well, like, so I'm – hold on. Uh, Elvis Andrews. Jump the gun. Has 1,800. McCutcheon has 1,800. Evan Longoria, 1,800. And then 10th is Jose Altuve at 1,700 hits right now. And he's been in the league for 12 years and is 32. Freddie Fre- Freddie Freeman's twelfth, another younger guy, um, Manny Machado. Now Machado would be a chance because he's at he's right now twenty nine years old, fourteen hundred hits, eleven years. Somebody's coming to get somebody. Yeah, uh, that's uh, <laughs> that might be the fire department across my street. So my dog will be howling here in a minute. Yeah. Uh, even skidding out through the list here a little bit more of younger guys like Mike Trout is 30 years old and he's at 1400 hits. So we could potentially see a couple more guys. Mike, Mike Trout's starting to borderline on that Griffey thing right now. Cause he yeah. got what he missed all of last year. Right. Yeah. And it's out probably half a season, a couple, a year or two before that. So he's just got to stay healthy. The big one that I see on this list of what I'm looking at is Mookie Betts, 1,100 hits, nine seasons, 29 years old. So he's got a long time of baseball left ahead of him. Same with Francisco Lindor, eight years in the league, 28 years old, and has over 1,026 hits. So we got potential to see some guys eventually hit the 3,000 hit mark. Um, I think it's going to be – yeah, I think out of that list, I'm thinking either – Altuve or Freeman might be the only shots. I don't know. I think just, Francisco just the, Lindor has just, a chance. Just the way that those two approach an at-bat, and I think with their given time left and where they're at now, I think those are the two best shots to get 3,000. I don't know. John, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, you look at longevity. If you look at um, age, all that stuff, um, I, I – I still got hung up on the fact that, like, you see guys in that list, like A-Rod and Palmero, and it's like, man, those guys are, like, 100% steroid guys. So, I don't know. Does that, that whole thing rub me the wrong way? Uh, I'd have an asterisk next to him, at least. At I mean, A-Rod at least owned it. He's come out and said on record, you know, I was hit with the largest fine in baseball history, and it cost me my chance at this and that, and he said I deserve that 100%. So, I mean, A-Rod knows. He knows he screwed up. He knows what he did, and you know, at least he owned up to it like a man. So you got to give him that. Yeah, should be an asterisk. Though, still, I agree. 
Oh, yeah, there should be an asterisk. Well, either way, I think we've got potential. Still some younger guys still in the league that are hitting the ball well. So we'll see how things go. Uh, I mean, we're all 30 years old, so we we still got probably another – yeah, well, yeah, we still got probably another nine solid years of seeing somebody hit, potentially hit for uh, three thousand. So can't go wrong with that. It's there, but just to, I, it's one of those records that's going to start becoming a real thing. Like you know, when's the last time we saw a pitcher or have a pitcher chance to get three hundred wins? Just the way that the game is anymore, I don't think any pitcher today is going to get three hundred wins. Who knows? I mean. I mean, this is all, whole the, all the debate about the baseball, and I mean, they want to see more hitting and they want to see more pitching. So we'll see. Maybe guys should stop throwing up batters, and we won't have to worry about a debate on what kind of baseball we need to use anymore. Um, but that kind of leads into the next topic, though, because uh, speaking of baseballs and pitchers and weird things with how the ball is being used, the most awkward situation I've ever seen. In a baseball game, Dan Bellino ejecting Madison Bumgarner from a game for substance, and the way he checks him, and we're going to show you this video here. Am, I, do, am I doing it accurately? This is here. You see Bellino not even looking down so at his look, hands. He's feeling the hand. You're he's like, "Yeah, there might be something there," and he's just staring hands. at. You see him right there. He's Bumgarner's just like he's hat for no reason whatsoever. And then when they make that no, I think contact. there might have been a few and questionable calls like that first inning. So, I haven't seen the whole incident, and you're staring at me. So now I got to say something. I mean, this this raises That's a red flag. Not even looking down at his hands. This is raises a red flag for baseball because they want to check pitchers for illegal substances to get better grip on the ball. So, John, to you. How do you what, how do you take this? Like this is this is just awkward. This is a weird scenario. Well, is not this should not to me. This shouldn't have happened. But and, and when, how do you take this? Because this is just. Bumgarner says you're still on this my is a hand no -go and you're for staring me. at like, me. Is, so now I, gotta, I don't. I'm not a fan of this. Say something. So that's um, here you see Bellino not even looking down at his hands. Most umpires come out. They check your hands. You see him right there. He's just waiting. There we go. Now we can now we can actually hear ourselves. So, what was the question? I couldn't even hear half the question. So my, my thoughts on it. I mean, I'd say that um, I've heard that he's probably checking his brim for substance, maybe. And that's, you know, his way of doing it. It's definitely looks awkward from afar. And it's, it's, you know, not the best way to handle it. But I mean, if he's if he's checking the brim for substance and sticky tack or whatever it might be, spider tack, you know, it makes sense in that way. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, though. I thought another umpire had to come in and inspect. It just can't be like one umpire being like, oh, yep, that stuff, you're gone. I thought another umpire had to come in and inspect as well. No, they. so when they come off the mound, they take their hat off, they hold their arms out, they're supposed to check their arms, their hands, the hats, the gloves, make sure. Because if you remember, what was it, last year, Girardi yeah, questioned Scherzer a bunch of times where Scherzer started taking his pants off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So, and that was getting annoying too. So, I I personally am not, I'm not a fan of them using substance, but I'm also not a fan of how these umpires are checking. I think that was weird and just, 
Oh, I'm all for I'm all for having pitchers get better grips on the ball. Use the spider tech. I don't care. I think most of the hitters even want the pitchers to have grips too, because I mean the average fastball today is what, 94, 95 miles an hour? I don't want that thing slipping and coming towards me. I don't know, considering there was a kid that just threw 115 miles an hour or whatever that was. Oh, yeah, or um, 105 in college ball. Yeah. Yeah, that's insane. But, if again, if, if I'm a hitter in the box, I want the pitcher to be able to get a good grip on the ball and not have to rely on mud from the Delaware River or whatever they get it, the confidential river of mud for the baseballs. Like, they're, we're in 2022 here. Like, let's get some – that's, you're telling me that the best thing we could do to grip a baseball is to rub it in mud? Yeah. I mean, I mean let it, let them get some sticky stuff. Who cares? Also, one of the funniest things, too, when they started doing this uh, substance check, the Orioles had a knuckleballer. They checked him for sticky stuff. And the guy's coming off the field like, the object for me is to not rotate the ball. Why would I want sticky stuff? <laughs> like, I don't know. Just it, it's It's getting out of hand. Did you ever watch that Barstool video where White Sox Dave uses spider tack? It's actually yeah. like lightning. It's like yeah. I don't know, 15 minutes, but like, I mean, he said it makes a huge difference. Huge difference. So, I mean, I know it's one of those things where it's like, uh, but I mean, it, it, it's an advantage. It's a huge advantage. And if like some people are and some people aren't, like if the people that are using it get, they, you know, get an extra five, six, seven miles an hour, better control, whatever it might be. I mean, that's, that's not fair. Okay. So here's what the, uh, the rules are for this year regarding the um, checking of the pitcher. This came out at the beginning of the year, beginning in spring training games this weekend. So this is an old article from March. Uh, umpires will inspect a pitcher's hand, top and bottom. When conducting random between innings inspections, umpires can still examine a pitcher's hat, belt, and glove, as, as was done last season starting in June. So... They can check pretty much anything on the pitcher yeah. where they where they could possibly can, hide a substance. Could they check a position player too if they suspect it? Like if the shortstop has like some stuff on like the back, like on his pants or whatever, and as they're throwing it around, he gets a little. I'm not sure, but it also says in here that if an umpire's inspection reveals that the pitcher's hand is unquestionably sticky or shows unmistakable signs of the presence of a foreign substance, the umpire will conclude that the pitcher was applying a foreign substance to the baseball for the purpose of gaining an unfair competitive advantage. If an umpire observes a pitcher attempt to wipe off his hands prior to an inspection, he may be subject to immediate ejection. So whatever. And then if they get ejected too, you can't replace their spot on the roster. They get suspended and you can't replace them. Correct. So they're cracking down a little bit on this. Um, there we go. Not a big fan, though, of how that umpire went about checking. It makes it look like a really awkward situation. And That's not the first time that umpire stared down a player either. A few years ago, he did it to Jose Bautista, and they went like a whole half inning as the bad boys bringing out his glove and hat and stuff. He just stared them down the whole time. Like both of them just eye to eye. Like it was weird. And all, this, all this is just based on the spin rate and batting averages have changed. Um, so, for example, when the spin rate was between 2000 and 2099 RPMs, the batting averages were at a 0.282. And anything from 2600 plus 
at the batting average was down to 2.19. So they're trying to saying here every 100 RPMs a pitcher adds reduces batting averages between four and 18 points. So basically what baseball is saying is we want runs to be scored and we don't want pitchers to be pitchers anymore. So. Yeah, well, I saw with the pitchers. Let it, maybe not spider tack, but get something for them to grip the grip the freaking ball. Like, there's got to be a good middle ground somewhere. And John, I know that you're not all in favor of the sticky stuff, but maybe maybe it's not spider tack. But you got to at least agree that there's got to be something better than mud. I don't know. That says it all. <laughs> a lot of scientists, Tim. I mean, just, just okay. Here we go. Um, but you're telling me if you you take a baseball that's just covered with mud and you throw it around for a little bit, and eventually you know it wears off, and you grab another ball that's got a little bit maybe maybe the laces are a little bit higher and maybe it's got a little bit more stick stuff on it. Like you're gonna feel the average person's gonna feel that difference. Now imagine if you're a pitcher throwing 95. Which one are you gonna want? The ball that you can't really feel, the ball that you can at least get a handle on. They've been doing it this way for 120 years, so. Yeah, and it's time to evolve. We've changed the rules this much already. We already put the balls in a humidor. Okay, so let's let, let's look at it in a big perspective. I don't know who's cutting what outside somebody's window, but that's me. Um, sorry. The average lifespan of a major league baseball is Off the seven rails, pitches. Boys. <laughs> The average lifespan of a baseball in a major league game is seven pitches. So rubbing it in mud, doing this, doing that, does it really matter? You're talking seven pitches. You're talking potentially a strikeout and a walk or a seven-pitch at bat where the guy fouls off a bunch of pitches or whatever. Like seven pitches. Like does it really matter what they're putting on the baseballs anymore? Does it matter what the spin rate is? Like – a ball each ball is going to be different each each ball is going to be different for essentially give, give me one second here i'm going to be an annoying neighbor okay well we'll just do that for right now Off so we'll just, the rails <laughs> yeah we'll just move him out for right now um so john does, so john does it really so john does it really matter um with the life expectancy of how long a baseball lasts in no, a game does does the substance really matters i don't think it matters and it's like one of those things where i know the game evolves in a lot of ways but like this is a huge evolution and like why i mean it's not like the, the human beings have changed the technology has changed yeah but this technology would like take the spirit of the game away in, in a lot of ways i think right so i, I don't i'm not for it personally yeah. and sorry like, what, do you, what do you approve and what don't you approve right I mean, what's allowed, what's not allowed. You know, I mean, I think too much of an advantage. And I, mean, I, th- I, I think pitch life of the ball shouldn't matter, or not pitch life, but uh, life of the ball shouldn't matter when it comes just to gripping. And I'm talking about just getting a feel on the ball and being able to control the ball. How many guys do we have now throwing, uh, let's just say, 98 plus, and it's they're wildly effective? Like, they don't know where it's going. Like, do you want. Uh, Jose Alvarado throwing you pitches and he doesn't know where it's going. Screw, forget the fact that the, the ball may only last seven pitches. It, while I'm at the plate, I want my pitcher to be able to feel the ball. But statistically, have we seen enough taken hit by pitches? 
because that'd be one way we can actually kind of look and see statistically speaking if the harder throwers have equated to a more dangerous game well, i think the hit by pitches it just goes into the fact that you need something better than mud most of the hit by pitches are on change-ups or on curveballs because or it's or intentionally thrown at, but if if that's different, have to change the game because people are throwing harder than they used to. Then we have to take that equation and say, okay, so the guys throwing harder is more dangerous to batters, and we need a solution for that. If we can't say that, that like if we're just going to say arbitrarily, like or anecdotally, like oh, it seems like this happens, but there's no evidence or stats that say that more people have been hit by pitches because of the harder throwers, then there's no problem that has to be fixed, right? Does that right. does that track? Yeah, I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'm not quite understanding it, but I'm just going straight for the fact of the pitcher having a grip on the ball. What whether you throw hard or whether you're the curveball slipping out of your hand and it happens to hit Pete Alonso in the shoulder again on a 83 mile per hour slider versus a 95 mile per hour fastball at the head. Those two are very different in pitches with different intents. But, but then what is the change in the game that you think necessitates the change in the rules? You said it was harder throwers that, are, that don't have as much control, right or wrong? No, you could throw – okay, I'm talking about just pitchers in general. The first thing was the hard throwers who don't know where it's going. First of all, the pitchers need to learn control. And I think the first step of getting more control on the ball is having a better grip on the ball. Doesn't matter if you throw hard or not. I just threw the hard thrower out there because I thought that would make it easier to understand, but it's not. Well, so my yeah, thing is, if we haven't seen an uptick in hit by pitches, yeah. then there's there hasn't been like so you're talking about Met, an evolution. Mets would argue rules, that, but there has, but but there ha, but the, but the stats have. I mean, anecd- anecdotally, it doesn't mean anything. Like we can say, right. oh, it's, it feels like this, but if you look at the stats per year and say, okay, in the last 25 years, we've seen a 35 percent increase in hit by pitches, so we need to f- fix that somehow, which is where we would bring in the spider tack or whatever it is, right? If we don't see that, and it's just like, oh, it feels like we should do this because we should. Like, that's not really necessarily like a point. No, you're right. They haven't done a study about that yet, and they haven't really looked into it. But it wouldn't shock me if there was – if they did a report over the last – let's just say the last five years and, you know, take the average hit by pitch either per game or per season total. Um, It wouldn't shock me. There should be readily available stats, right? Like, you don't need a study for that. You can just go back through in the data and say, like, okay, right, Trace? Yeah. That's something we can find? Yeah, so – I was reading a little bit on this because it's an interesting topic of the ball, but it sounds like a lot of it came from people were wanting to see more runs scored in a game. They didn't want to see a pitcher dominant sport. They like, they like, they like to see home runs. They like to see the ball, the launch angles, the exit velocities be high. And that's kind of, they kind of that's why they kind of went away from the whole can't use a substance to throw the ball we want to see the ball be a natural ball and we want to see it go and since they started checking from the time they started checking to the time that they weren't so before they were checking there was somewhere around eight runs scored per game between the two teams that increased after they started checking to nine runs a game between two teams so you're getting an offensive, uh, you're getting more offensive power out of everybody. And even looking at this year, look at some of these games. Look at how high scoring some of these games are. Yes, we have a, we've already had a no hitter. It is what it is. You're not going to take that away from the game. 
You're not going to take away a chance at a perfect game. You're not going to take away any of that because there's a lot of things that can factor into. Oh, I'm frozen here a little bit. Um, Look at not, that beautiful mugshot. Yeah, you're not going to take that away. But the problem is that you're not. They want to see. Um, they want to see offense. So yeah. So and that's that's the that's one of the grand things about baseball is do you want a are you an offensive guy or do you prefer solid defense and good pitching? I mean, those are just MLB feels that the fan base and uh, wants more offense. And yeah, you know, the classic phrase, chicks dig the long ball, you know, I wasn't even waiting to use that one on the show, Tim. I actually just, I just remembered it. Um, But I like watching a good pitcher duel. I don't like watching, massive, you know, 15 to one, nine to two. I don't like the highly offensive games. I like a good, I like a good pitcher duel. I always have. That's just what yeah. I prefer. Now it may not be the average fan now, but I think the traditional baseball, you know, fan, like the more traditional fan would prefer a pitching matchup versus an offensive onslaught. This isn't the NFL. This is, this is major league baseball. I don't know. John, I think you're in the, uh, you know, give me, give me the homers, give me the runs type of game. No, it's just like, if you're going to make a change like that, that's such a far cry from how it's been for 120 years. There has to be a reason behind the change and a change and evolution that dictates it or necessitates it. Right. And I don't see one. I've just heard a lot of like, Oh, well, you know, we've seen P Alonso get hit. That's anecdotal. We've seen, I mean, guys get hit. That's how it goes. Harper got hit. I mean, it, it happens, right? But I don't think, and I could be wrong, and I don't have the stats to back it up. So this is, you know, uh, something I'd like to, I'm, I'll have to look up and find, but I don't feel like there's been stats that show that we're in an era now that has become so much more dangerous to be a batter because of pitchers' lack of control that would be solved by adding substances to it. I just don't see that. I mean, that's just going to be the classic we agree to disagree. I want pitchers to have feel right. for the ball. I want and again, that goes towards me too. I like watching the pitchers duel. I want to see, you know, the Greg Maddox's throw it, bring a two seamer back on the out, lower outside corner. I want to see, you know, the classic chess game of, you know, he went high and in with the last two pitches. Does he go low and away? Does he stay high? Do you mix it up? Like I, I like you thinking in the pitcher's that. mindset. You need to have spider tack to have that. We've had that forever without spider tack. Right, like you're 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 not giving enough credit to the pitchers and saying that like they can't do that unless they have um, substances, you know, performance enhancing substances, which is exactly what it is. <sighs> Trace, oh, we got. Okay, so uh, Trace yeah, Trace Trace is having some technical difficulties here, so. Um, I mean, on that note, yeah, on, do, on that loving agreement that we're gonna we're gonna on. we're gonna end there. So, uh, yeah, That's well, we, we, we went a little bit short. Yeah, yeah. they're always gonna have this stuff, but be be sure to check out the sponsors. Be sure to give us a like, give us a follow on Twitter, on Facebook, and all that stuff. Uh, I'm sure Trace would have some few parting words here, but uh, John, last word. Uh, go Sixers. Great win um, in Philly. Today they're going to go back and try to tie the series. Uh, Pascal Siakam cannot keep the MVB'd down. 
Jojo doesn't care. Jojo's a grown man. He's not a punk like Siakam. Terrible human being. Just disgusting. So don't forget that. Don't ever, ever forget that. All right. Well, for Trace, who can't be here, for John and myself, it's been a fun one. Sorry we got to cut it short, but we'll save more topics for next time, and we'll see you later. See you guys.